Hey, friends, welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We've got a great show in store for you. Just a quick reminder, we know there is so much going on in the world that is heartbreaking and challenging and frustrating, and especially in the next week or so as we walk toward a peaceful transition of the presidency in the U.S., we have got some shows planned next week that we are going to talk about all of that and talk about what we can do and what we're feeling. And so as we have these shows lined up for you this week, Monday with Rachel and today, just know that we are planning to talk about the things that are on the forefront of all of our minds. And I'm grateful today that we get to talk to Pastor Mark Batterson. He is in D.C., and we get to it. We talk a little bit about what it is like for him pastoring in the nation's capital. His new book, Win the Day, Seven Daily Habits to Help You Stress Less and Accomplish More, is excellent, you guys. Y'all are going to love this conversation. I feel like between the book and what I just heard Pastor Mark talk about that you're about to hear, it is just going to really encourage you on how to take these big goals and make them really attainable. If you want to go back and hear more from him, he was also on episode 178. So here's my conversation with one of my favorite pastors, Mark Batterson. Okay, let's jump in. Pastor Mark Batterson, welcome back. Hey, it's great to be back, Annie. Oh my gosh, you are just such a joy to have. I feel like we need to set, we, we have, this is our second annual kick the year off with Pastor Mark Batterson. <laughs> yes, I love it. Let's make it, uh, let's throw a party. Where's the confetti cannon? Uh, right, you know, I've got a whole drawer of confetti poppers. They are very, they are closer than you want them to be right now. I would be disappointed if you did not. <laughs> Happy New Year. Thank you for being here. Yes. I your new book, Win the Day, has already got me like like I I like this because I like when the new year starts out with here's some practical steps to becoming who you want to become. How do, but then the stress. So let's just start out with what everyone's thinking. They're thinking, I don't know that I can add a, another handful of habits than what I've already done. How do we know what what is right for us when it comes to making new habits. Okay, let's get down to business, let's Annie. Let's go, we're doing it. Okay, 75% of New Year's resolutions fail within the first month. Oh, so that means we're like right here. <laughs> so, so, okay, so this, is, this isn't oh. working. Why? Because when you think of one-year timelines, it's absolutely overwhelming. You want to quit before you start. Yes. But let me ask a question. It's a magic question. Can you do it for a day? Mm. And by it, I mean anything. Yeah. Anybody can do anything for a day. Yes. And I know it sounds a little bit like a Jedi mind trick, but it really is the way that we were designed. There was evening and there was morning the first day. Uh, this is Genesis 1 stuff. Yeah. This is give us, our, give us this day our daily bread. Now, let's be honest. I wish it said give us this year our yearly bread. Right. Because I want the whole year's provision up front. Same. <laughs> I would be a lot braver if I got it. I think I'd be a lot braver if I knew that the provision was there for the whole year. Right. And, and yet God loves us too much to do that. That's because right. Because it would undermine our daily dependence upon him. And so big picture, here's the deal. I'm a big believer in goals. You won't accomplish 100% of the goals you don't set. Mm -hmm. I, I have 100 life goals, but... You have to reverse engineer those life goals into daily. So 
Uh, for example, uh, I ran a marathon a couple of years ago to celebrate a miracle that God did in my life. He he healed my asthma, which is maybe another story for another day. But it was it was remarkable. Forty yeah. years of severe asthma, and I haven't touched an inhaler since July second, twenty sixteen. Wow! And I said I'm going to go out and run a marathon to celebrate that miracle. But I didn't. I didn't just go out and run twenty six point two miles. Can you imagine? That would be a scary sight. That, right. I would be flat on my face by mile three. Same. I downloaded a training plan, uh, 72 training runs covering 475 miles over six months. So my point is this. Almost anybody can accomplish almost anything if they work at it long enough, hard enough, and smart enough. Mm. But it's got to be the daily habit thing. That's, That's where the magic is. Let's talk for even just a second about reading scripture. Because oh, because yeah. it, it, you don't really know in the day-to-day that it's changing your life, but suddenly you look back and you've been reading Scripture most days of your year for 10 years, and it's changed you. How have you seen your spiritual habits? I mean, physical habits we can see. Financial habits we can see. How do you see your spiritual habits? Oh, I love that, Annie. I love that question. Can I... I have something that's in my Bible. It's a little A.W. Tozer quote that I keep it in my Bible. And this is what it says. Whatever keeps me from my Bible is my enemy, hmm. however harmless it may appear to me. Wow. And he didn't even have a cell phone. He Can, didn't even yes. know. Can you imagine? A.W. Tozer, if he had a microphone, he would have been dropping it like every two seconds. Literally, yes. So... I love, oh, a daily Bible reading plan. There is nothing that will have a higher return on investment. Mm-hmm. And so the only ceiling on our intimacy with God and impact on the world is daily spiritual disciplines. This is mm-hmm. such good news. Yeah. And so what I do, Annie, and uh, I'll, I'll make it really personal, my most prized possession, my the thing I would go back and retrieve if if there was a burning fire and I could retrieve kind of one physical object, it would be a 1934 Thompson chain reference Bible that belonged to my grandfather. And I get to see the verses he underlined and I get to see what he wrote in the margins. And so one of my dreams is to read enough Bibles and mark them up to leave them for kids and grandkids. Oh, that's a cool idea. So you switch, so you don't keep the same Bible. You switch to new ones so that you leave them for your, (gasps) Mark Matterson, that's so cool. So last year, Annie, it was the amplified version, which I loved. And it was so hard to switch, but I, I went back to the new living translation this year. And what it does Um, I have this little equation, change of pace plus change of place equals change of perspective. Okay, change of pace plus change of place Place. equals change of perspective? Yes. Okay. Yep. And so changing translations, just it makes my synapses fire in just a little different way. And so it keeps me more engaged in the word. And so I found like, give me a year in the King James and I'll feel pretty Shakespearean. You know, right. I'll, I'll, I'll get my English accent on. Yeah. But uh, but then, you know what? Then I, I might try um, that the paraphrase, the uh, the message yeah. paraphrase. I might try, you know, good old fashioned NIV. So I, I 
Failing to plan is planning to fail, and never is that truism more true than when it comes to a daily Bible reading plan. In fact, can we just shout out our mutual friends at Version right yes. now? They are such a gift yes. uh, to the kingdom and so many amazing Bible reading plans. So I would say that that is the one habit. If you could get yeah. in that habit, whoo. I'm listening to a podcast in the mornings by a Catholic priest named Father Mike, and he's doing like a daily reading plan. And I've never been under the teaching of a Catholic priest before. So I thought, what an interesting thing for 20 minutes a day to go through the Bible under his, and it's just a podcast that I'm listening to. But when he, I would love for you to talk about this for a second, because when he was talking about Genesis one and two, he talked about how God made day and night before he made the sun and the moon and the stars. So he always meant for us to do a 24-hour thing even before the sun and the moon and the stars? Uh, Come on. Yep. What is that? That's wild. Let me me tag team with Father Mike. Did you say it's Father Mike? Yeah. Let's do a Father Mike, Pastor Mark tag team. (laughs) There was evening and there was morning the first day. Yes. In, In Judaism, the day doesn't begin at sunrise. It begins the evening before. There, Annie, there is a genius to this sacred sequence, to this ancient algorithm that if you want to win the day, it doesn't start when you get up. It starts when you go to bed the night before. There are some things that you you can do uh, to really kind of set the table uh, to make sure that you're going to win the day the next day. So I, I love that that whole idea. That you are blowing my mind because what I know is the nights that I pack my bag for the gym, I am better the next morning. There is something literally built into us to start planning the evening before for the fullness of the next day. Yep. No, <gasps> no doubt. And, and then let's keep, it, let's keep it real, Annie. Those crazy dreams, the pizza dreams that we have, the, yeah. they're often because, you know, you watch some show and one, it messes up, the blue light messes up your your circadian rhythm. And, and then you have these weird dreams that, but you know what I found? If I pray or even engage in a little uh, confession or maybe even read something that gets my mind on a certain path that it should be on. Sometimes I have dreams that are far more sanctified, shall we say? Yeah. And these little things are big things. We are fearfully and wonderfully Because that's made how up. our day starts. I'm literally learning in real time yeah. that actually our sleep and rest is how the day actually starts. Yes. Um, and, and you're changing and my whole you, life. <laughs> okay, Annie, we're having so much fun, and I've already shared one <laughs> formula. Can I share one more? Yes. The Holy Spirit plus caffeine equals awesome. (laughs) Now, I'm half joking, um, but my office is right above our coffee house, Ebenezer's Coffee House in Capitol Hill. And so just to keep it really practical, uh, you have to, there's, I I write in the book a little bit about this idea of habit stacking. Yes, I wrote that down because I wanted you to explain that to us. Yeah, well, you know, we were talking about Bible reading plan. Okay, let me let me ask you a question. What do you think comes more naturally for me? Reading my Bible or drinking my coffee in the morning? You're right, sure, fair. <laughs> Same for me. The tea comes I, listen, first. I am just not that holy. 
So what I do is I've habit stacked those two things. So ah. I get my I get my small latte two shots, and that's when I then do my Bible reading plan. And let's be honest, the Bible is an amazing book. It's living and active. You don't just read it. It reads you, but it reads better with caffeine. (laughs) I mean, I need you to know that I wake up like this. So I do not have caffeine in the morning, but I do have tea. I do hot. So there's a little bit of caffeine, but coffee, I act like an insane person if I have coffee, but I'm with you in the mornings. It feels like part of the rhythm is if I don't make my tea, I'm less inclined to go sit in my chair and read the Bible. Yep. And it's, and it's about finding these triggers or alarms. And I'll I'll give you a few examples. Yeah. That's what I was hoping you'd do. Some people, when they're trying to get in shape, you know, here's one, one way to do it. Take the stairs. In other words, whenever you have an opportunity, my wife, Laura did this for a season and her doctor, I think was like on the 13th floor. Oh, brutal. Let's be honest. I would be tempted to find a different doctor if I'm going to stick with, uh, with <laughs> the right. stairs. But right. it, it's that idea of building in certain triggers or alarms. A- another thing that we've done, I love Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. I'll heal their land. I'll, I'll forgive their sin. Seven fourteen is when we gather in something called the upper Zoom. We have hundreds oh, of people every morning that gather in the upper Zoom. It started on after the day after Pentecost. Yeah. And because of this crazy COVID season, the racial tension, the political polarization, we were like, you know, we can't get together physically, but man, we better double down on praying. Mm-hmm. And so we chose 714 a.m. as a time that would then trigger Uh, the promise that we're believing for, the promise that we're standing on. And so every habit has to be measurable, meaningful, and maintainable. And the meaningful piece is the tricky one. You've got to find a way. And so 714 is a time that's really significant and a time that kind of is like a prayer alarm. Hey friends, just taking a short break from this conversation with Mark to give a shout out to our amazing partners, Brooklinen. The other day I told Ashley on our team here at Downs Books that I sometimes get back into my bed in the morning after my shower and she looked at me like I was a little crazy. But y'all, my Brooklinen sheets, they like call to me. They are seriously the nicest, most comfortable sheets and real talk, we spend enough time sleeping in our lives that we should really be comfortable on sheets we love. Brooklyn and was started by Rich and Vicky, who, like you and me, also tried to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't, they founded Brooklyn. And that's right. They just made it happen. And it is the first direct to consumer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets and colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and taste. With over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting, they are so confident you're going to love their products that they even offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. One thing you might not know, though, like you didn't know I got back in my bed after a shower, is that Brooklinen has so much more than sheets. 
They've got comforters and pillows and towels and even loungewear. I should get some of the loungewear. Who among us can't use a little more lovely loungewear to keep us cozy during all the extra time we're spending at home these days? It's 2021. Do something nice for yourself to start this new year, friends. To help you do that, Brooklinen has a special offer. Go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code SOUNDSFUN to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter the promo code SOUNDSFUN to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more plus free shipping. Brooklinen.com and use promo code SOUNDSFUN at checkout. And now back to our conversation with Pastor Mark. When you look across your life, when we look across our lives, how many of these habits? I mean, like, is it spiritual, emotional, physical? Is it spiritual, financial, relational? Like, how how do we, I'm scared that I'm going to set too many habits or too many plans to try to win the day and I'm going to be exhausted. Yes. And, you know, the more habits you try to change at the same time, the the less likelihood that that's going to happen. So there is a genius to taking one at a time or or sometimes coupling too, because I've found that the more disciplined I am physically, the more spiritual disciplines come naturally. And so. Oh, interesting. Can we give can we give um, listeners just. I really want them to experience the momentum of small wins. And so here, mm-hmm. here's a simple idea. We don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. Mm-hmm. And so if you're looking for an excuse, you'll always find one. If you're looking for something to complain about, it is always there. But if you're looking for something to be grateful for, you will find that as well. And so the first habit in the book is flip the script. So here's one way to do it. Keep a gratitude journal. Okay. And and don't overdo it. Just do, I mean, I know this might let, maybe I'm not Ann Voskamp. I was going to okay? say, you want us to do a thousand? <laughs> no, maybe I'm not Ann, okay? I'm just Mark. But um, if you do one a day, one genuine gratitude, one moment, time is measured in minutes, life is measured in moments. There's one moment every day where you can stop and really capture the feeling of gratitude Mm -hmm. for what just happened. And if you do that, you will flip the script. You aren't a complainer anymore. Not after 10 or 20 or 30 days, you're not a complainer anymore. No, now you're someone who is always seeing seeing things to be grateful for. And what's happening neurologically is your reticular activating system is getting sanctified. It's the part of the brain that determines what we notice and what goes unnoticed. So a gratitude journal is genius because now you take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ, 2 mm-hmm. Corinthians 10, 5. Mm-hmm. Now you're sanctifying that mind in a way that is writing a totally different script. Yeah, well, you talk about, I think one of the things we forget is that our spirit, our soul, our mind, and our body are one thing and how we treat our body affects our spiritual lives and our emotional lives and how we treat our emotions. I mean, your body keeps the score, how we treat our emotions affects our spiritual life. Will you talk about the importance of all those remembering that all those are connected? Yeah. What, have you read that book, Annie? Uh, the body I've work? skimmed it. I have not done the right work on it, but I, after Ooh. I went to onsite, they told us about it and it was so helpful. Oh my. 
listen. Yeah, it's a it's a profound read. Yeah, I think I think all of these things are interrelated. And so to me, you know, taking care of the temple is a you know, a, there's a there's a physical dimension to discipleship or stewardship. Mm. Let let me let me just make this really personal and really timely. Three and a half years ago, my wife, Laura, diagnosed with breast cancer. And that kind of news just hits you like a ton of bricks and your mind spins. And there's all kinds of questions. I'm so proud of Laura. She, she, She came across a question in a piece of poetry, Annie. And the question was this, what have you come to teach me? Oh my gosh, what have you come to teach me? We could ask that about 2020. Yeah. For all of us, and, right? Yeah. Wow. Well, and, and I, I write a little bit about that in Habit Number Two, Kiss the Wave, which, by the way, Charles Spurgeon said, I've learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. Wow. Wow. And so all of this is going somewhere. I'm so proud of Laura because she took control of her diet. We started going to comedy clubs, Annie. We were like frequenting comedy clubs because uh-uh. laughter do it good like a medicine. We started eliminating the toxins in our environment. We just we became so much more aware of creating an atmosphere that would allow for healing and wholeness. And and it wasn't just a physical exercise, it was a spiritual exercise. Yeah. And so, you know, I think finding ways to really keep ourselves in good physical shape will lend itself a big time. In fact, I like to walk and pray. So why not get in some steps? Yeah, you do. Everybody knows. I talk about circle maker all the time and doing the, and draw the circle. We love, we know you love to walk, walk and pray. I love it. And so what, how do you see those connected? Does, does it feel like you're more focused? Does it feel like more happens when you're walking and praying versus sitting and praying? Yeah, this is, this is so practical. I feel like we're reverse engineering some things that are really critical. And so I'll just share kind of two things. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a creative, I, I write and I write sermons and I'm a, you know, vision and creativity are kind of my, my love language. So here's the deal. 90% of my creativity happens before 10 a.m. in the morning. You just know that about yourself. You've just learned that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You, you don't even want to write what I, you don't want to read what I write after 10 a.m. <laughs> Unless I do one of two things. One, if I do, let's say I do my age and sit-ups or do my age and push-ups, just as kind of a quick reset. It will, it will stimulate my brain in a way that, oh, all of a sudden, I'm able to focus again. Mm-hmm. So that's one key. Another key is we underestimate how dehydrated we are almost all the time. You should never Physically, be thirsty. Yeah. So it, you chug uh, a bottle of water and it will hit a reset in your brain. And then the third, if, if all else fails, Annie, and by the way, if I was president of the United States, this would be one of my my political planks. Yeah. A nationally mandated nap time. Nap time. Oh, I would I would vote for you. I'd vote okay. for you anyway, but I would vote for you. <laughs> Thank you. And you don't have to nap. You can use it for other things, but you just you have to stop. Yeah. And so in the nas- middle of your day, is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
a NASA study found that a 26-minute nap increases productivity 34%. My gosh, a 26-minute nap increases 34%. That's wild. And so what happens is I get two windows of creativity. If I'm able to carve in a quick 20-minute power nap, now I have two writing days instead of one. Now I have two windows of creativity. And so I am having a little bit of fun with this, but you know, there is the, remember when Jesus calmed the wind, wind in the waves, remember what he was doing right before that? Yeah, he was sleeping. He was napping. He was napping. (laughs) And so listen, Jesus napped. That's all the theological confirmation. (laughs) That's right. Make me like you, Lord. Make me like you. Yes. Yes. Okay. So our friends that are listening, that are moms of young kids and, or they are, they have a full-time job in an office. How do we put in some of those habits like that break? I'm thinking about me and my coworkers here. How do I, how do we actually institute a break like that when it feels like I don't have that kind of time? Next question. (laughs) (laughs) I actually feel like singing Bette Midler. Did I ever tell you you're my hero to all of those, all of those moms. And listen, I would even one up and say single parents. Yes. and I would one up it again and say during this COVID season when you can't even it's get a break. Home, right. So I, I listen. Okay. Habit three is eat the frog, right? Yes. Which is kind of fun. And who knows? Maybe we'll talk more about it. But I want to I want to acknowledge how complicated, how busy, how difficult just the day in and day out is. I mean, for some of us, if you can find five minutes you're, you're doing good. I, I will say this, Susanna Wesley. Uh-huh. John Wesley's has, wife? Yeah. Uh, mom, mom, <laughs> mom, mom. Mom, mom, Thank you. Okay. Yes. And, uh, you know, raised a couple of boys who did a few things. For yeah, a couple of average guys. <laughs> so I think they lived like 17 kids. I, I want to say it was like a one-room home. Oh, wow. And so her prayer closet, Annie, I love this. Her prayer closet, get this. She would sit in her rocking chair and put a blanket over herself. Oh, and that was it. That was her prayer closet. That's it. And her kids knew mom's praying. Mm -hmm. And so part of what I'm trying to do is take some of our excuses away that, okay, the average person spends 142 minutes on social media. Sorry. Now we're getting into your business. Yeah. That's two hours. That's two hours and 22 minutes. That represents 15% of your waking hours. So I want to say this lovingly. I was about to be like, be nice to me. (laughs) You, you have, you don't find time, you make time, which is kind of the principle of eat the frog. And so I know, I know, I know, I know that some days get away from us. Don't beat yourself up over that. But time is a tremendous gift from God. And I think learning to manage those minutes and those moments is so critical. I've been in flipping over to the new year and talking to the Lord about like who we're going to be this year. One of the things I feel like I keep going back to, so whether it's the Holy Spirit or me and the Lord meeting up together has been when I think about all the currencies in my life that are important, time feels like the one I'm using the least well if that makes sense. Like time feels like the currency that matters the most to me that I'm not stewarding as well as my money or as my, uh, my energy or as my body. But man, it feels like 
learning how to steward time as a currency that we cannot make more of. We literally yeah. like we get 24 hours. You can make time to do things, but we can't get more than 24 hours in a day. Yeah. Could I could I share one thought right there? Fix me. Say all the things. Yes. Um, I don't. I, Jesus can fix you. Honey. <laughs> he's you. even struggling, um, but I get it. <laughs> yes. Well, I get it. You know, I, he's trying to fix me, too. So yep. but w- one of the most amazing miracles in the Gospels all of them are like life-giving or restorative, but there's one that's destructive. Huh. Jesus curses the barren fig tree. I have always been so confused about that. Yep. And so I have this little saying, thou shalt curse barren fig trees. What is a barren fig tree? It's something in your life that's taking up space or taking up time. But Annie, it's not, not producing anything. It's not producing any fruit. And so what we've got to do is identify some of those time wasters and, and then do not just habit stacking, but do what I would call habit switching. Mm. And, and, and so, okay, go ahead and watch your favorite sitcom, but why don't you do it while riding a stationary bike? Sure. Yeah. So now, now you're redeeming a little bit of the time and kind of killing two birds with one stone. And, I I don't want any of this to sound like a killjoy because it actually is fun. It, yeah. it, you'll actually begin to enjoy some of those things more. But I think the big message here is everybody has some barren fig trees in their life. You have to identify them and then you need the courage to curse those barren fig trees. Hey, listen, you need to say that to our friends who are stopped dating someone and won't block them on Instagram yet or who have not unfollowed their exes yet because that's a barren fig tree, my friends. Okay, (laughs) all right. Now it's getting real up in here. Right, I know. And I'll tell you one of the things my friends know that I I started right before Christmas is I started cross-stitching again, like making little pieces of art for my friends. And if I, when I'm doing that while watching TV, that's kind of my like, you can use 30 minutes to do this, watch TV, as long as you're making something, you're making something that matters. So let your brain rest in this way while you're creating art. I love it. Annie, I just started cross switching. (laughs) switching. (laughs) You can make fun, but I'm telling you, you're going to love cross stitching. You should pick it up. I'm having a little bit of fun. (laughs) I I, I love it to each his own. That's right. And and that's, I mean, I just thought I was tired of scrolling on my phone while watching TV. I thought, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And my percentages on my phone went down in like the forties and the thirties in the first couple of weeks. I was like, Oh, this is telling me a lot about myself. Is that the thing about habits? Do they just tell you who you are as you pay attention to them? Well, that's the, yeah, once, once it becomes second nature, you don't give it a second thought. And that mm. part of the intent in writing this book is to deconstruct and then reconstruct uh, mm. some of those habits. And so, you know, it, it's Daniel Gilbert, Matthew Killingsworth, psychologists who say that uh, the average person, 46.9% of us um, aren't thinking about what we're doing while we're doing it. In, in other words, we're half present half the time, which means we're half alive. And, <laughs> right. and so what we've got to do is figure out ways that really activate our heart and mind and spirit, you know, and maybe even start with being fully present with the people that you love, you know, and, mm-hmm. that, and that might just be at the dinner table. Yeah. And, and that might be phones in the in a basket or yeah you know, turn them off during dinner time. This is not rocket surgery. 
which is my <laughs> favorite thing. Um, this is not rocket surgery. This is just little things that can make such a big difference in our lives. How are you teaching this to your kids? Like for our friends that are raising little ones or raising teenagers, how do we teach the people that we're mentoring or leading or raising how to form these kind of habits in the habit stacking thing? How do we teach that? Well, I think first of all, you model it. Mm. And I'll, I'll even have a little bit of fun here because I don't know any parent that hasn't kind of beaten themselves up for you know, losing a temper or saying sure. something, oh man, I wish I could get that back. So he here's the good news. I, I, my philosophy of parenting comes down to three words, please, sorry, thanks. That's please, it. If you're, sorry, if you're thanks. good at those three things, I'm not worried about you. You're going to have a great That's relationship great. with God. You're going to have a great whatever. How are kids going to learn how to say sorry, unless it's modeled to them by their parents? Mm -hmm. And so your mistakes are actually your golden opportunity to teach your children what is most difficult, and that is how to say sorry. And so it's learning to find those teachable moments, Annie, I think, and identify them mm -hmm. and then model something for our kids. And then, you know, I, I mean, the bottom line is they're going to imitate you uh, more than listen to you. Yeah. But it's it's about teaching them and training them kind of some of those little things that, that help you. My, my daughter, Summer, was trained as a social worker. And part of what she does with kids is give them new coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what it is for big people like us. Yeah. It's, it's finding healthier and holier coping mechanisms to kind of deal with the challenges that we face. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Flamingo. Y'all know that I love being intentional about my morning routine. That time to read, journal, pray, and prep for the day really matters to me. And when people talk about self-care, those routines are some of the first things I think of that help me stay grounded. There are, of course, other parts of the daily routine that after a while can start to feel dull, like shaving. Well, with Flamingo, you can turn shaving from a chore into a refreshing ritual. Flamingo is on a mission to elevate the parts of your daily routine that deserve more attention with feel-good body care products that work, like a $9 award-winning razor and shave gel formulated to help you get your closest shave. And right now, you can get Flamingo's award-winning shave set for just $16 at shopflamingo.com slash Annie. That's me. I absolutely love my Flamingo razors. I just know I can always count on getting a close comfortable shave and their shave gel and lotion leave my skin feeling really moisturized. Plus they smell amazing. I can never decide if it's the scent of the lotion or the smooth feel of the razor handle. That's my favorite part of this process, but it's also important to Flamingo that their award-winning razor and body care products aren't overpriced, which I appreciate. A group of women at Harry's, the men's shaving brand got together and decided they wanted to create a better experience for women. So they crafted razors that are both beautiful and affordable and only $2 per blade. And then they spent over seven years perfecting products for those daily self-care rituals that help you look and feel your best. And with Flamingo's 30-day money-back guarantee, you can try it out risk-free. Get the Flamingo Shave Set with everything you need for a luxurious, smooth shave at shopflamingo.com slash Annie. It includes Flamingo's award-winning razor and award-winning shave gel and body lotion, all for just $16 plus free shipping. 
One less trip to the drugstore, you guys. So get yours today at shopflamingo.com slash Annie. That's shopflamingo.com slash Annie. And now back to our conversation with Pastor Mark. I'm thinking about my friends who are listening who kind of like have shame as a coworker just about all the time, like me. I mean, there's nothing my counselor and I talk about more than dealing with shame. And so I'm thinking about my friends who's maybe they decided they're going to do a certain exercise this year or financial change and their kids are watching and their kids see them fail. And can you walk me through that example? Because I I wonder how do you get brave enough to to model in front of your kids when you're not going to do it right all the time? Yeah. Well, I, I think I would come at that from two angles. One is you have to bury dead yesterdays. So like mm. if you're functioning in a place of shame, like you can't even get to first base b- because you, you've got to, it's much harder to forgive yourself than it is to allow God to forgive you. Mm. And so I think right. it starts there that, come on, give yourself a flyer. You, you, all of us put on our pants one leg at a time. Right. Uh, the, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. All of sin had fallen short. So, you know, my first attempt at church planning was a hashtag fail. Mm. I have written books that haven't done what I hoped they would do. And then I've messed up more times than I can count as a husband, as a father. But you have to start by forgiving yourself. If you don't own the past, the past owns you. Mm. And so that's kind of the, the first challenge, Annie. And then... Like, I, I think kids have a, th- a higher threshold for forgiveness and really respecting us. I, I think what they don't have the time of day for is seeing someone who has stopped living and started dying. Mm. And all they do is play it safe. And they're just kind of living this very, this existence that is just so safe and so comfortable. I, I think I think our kids need to see us take profound risks to make make sacrifices. Um, You know, I'll I'll give you one example. You know, we we could have afforded a much nicer car than a 95 Honda Accord with 240,000 miles on it. (laughs) But I, you know, uh, Mike Foster started uh, the Junkie Car Club. Yep. Did you know, did you know that I was Mr. August? No, I did not. I did know that story about the junkie yes. car club, but I did not know you were Mr. No, August. it's the full extent of my male modeling career. <laughs> I was Mr. August. And uh, why, why did we do that? To, to model to our kids that sometimes you scale back your lifestyle so that you can give more to the kingdom causes that you care about. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, everything that we do models something to our kids. But at the end of the day, uh, I want to be famous in our home. And it's hard to be famous in our home if you aren't home. And Mm. so I think time is probably here we are right back at time. Right. 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 And and it's the hardest thing for us to be generous with Mm -hmm. uh, and harder than money. Yeah. And so I think if our kids experience our generosity They'll forgive us for some of those mistakes that we make. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked to our friends who are in marriages and and we're raising kids. Let's talk to our single friends who are listening that this is the year, self-included, this is the year that we'd like to seal that up, 
get that done, get married and move forward. What are the habits we need to be doing now to make us ready for that, to make us whole and to help us step in courage in dating? Well, Annie, I, I think the the question is actually the answer that what you're talking about is just you becoming the person that that God has called you to be. Mm. And, you know, I, I pastor a church where uh, we're 50% single. Yeah, so like a lot that, of y'all. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. If you come to National Community Church, the odds go way up, Annie. That I mean, uh, I need you to know most of my D.C. friends say this to me, that yours <laughs> is the church to go to if they're not married in D.C. Yes, and the surrounding yes. areas. But I, I think the idea of really finding completeness in our relationship with Christ, and I know that that sounds like a platitude, but it's it's about seeing life as lived in different seasons and stages. Mm. And I think maximizing that season of singleness and, and then really trusting the Lord. And, and the hardest thing to trust is God's timing. Or is that just me? No, yeah, I agree with you. I, I mean, the timing piece is, is really, really hard to trust. But I, I think learning to work on, on myself. And so the way I, the way I like to say it, Annie, is leadership starts with self-leadership mm. and self-leadership starts with daily habits. Yes. And, and so I have over the last 25 years, as you can imagine, I've led every kind of person under the sun, every <laughs> sure. letter combination of the Myers-Briggs, every <laughs> number on the Enneagram, every combination of StrengthsFinder. Yep. And I will tell you, I've read, I've led people that you would clone if you could, Uh because you love them. And then I've led the EGR, the extra grace required. (laughs) Uh, The hardest person to lead hands down is the person that's looking back at me in the mirror every single day. And so really learning to, to get my mindset and my heart set in the right place, um, is, uh, is critical no, no matter what, but I think especially, Uh, If you find yourself in a place where you have that desire to perhaps find someone, which is very natural and supernatural. And I I would just pause right here and just I would just pray Psalm 37 and say, may the Lord give you the desires of your heart and and not just answer every prayer that we're asking, but literally conceive within us those desires in a way that then he would fulfill them. And so I, I'm praying that for all of our friends uh, who find themselves in that place. Yeah. One of the, th- I mean, I love the idea of leading yourself. I think that's such an important thing for all humans, but single people need to hear like versus like become the person. A lot of people say, become the person you're looking for, you know, like be as healthy as the person you're trying to find. But it's like, no, just lead yourself every day. Lead yourself every day and walk in the doors God opens for you, and you're not going to miss what He has for you. Yep, spot on. And and the only other thing I would say is seek first His mm, kingdom. Yes, and all these other things will be added unto you. We we tend to get that backwards. God, if you add to me all these other things that I want, then and only then will I seek you first. But you you can't seek Him first or, or can't seek Him second, third, or tenth. You have to seek him first. And so don't don't seek opportunity, seek God and opportunity will seek you. Mm-hmm. And, and that doesn't mean that you don't put 
your best foot forward. It, it doesn't mean that you don't put a foot in the door. Like go ahead and revise that LinkedIn profile to reflect all of your yeah. amazing things that should be on your resume. But ultimately, I, I, Annie, I love this promise in Revelation 3. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. And so it's about discerning those open and closed doors and trusting God to uh, prepare good works in advance. And I love the thing. It is so palatable to me to think about not trying to set goals for 2021, but going like, here's who I want to be, but here's today. I'm going to do this today. But then you also, like one of your life goals is celebrating your 100th birthday. <laughs> right? Yep. <laughs> so, so talk to me about how we set life goals while we're also trying to do today really well. Yeah. And let's, let's be honest, Annie, I'm not like the top candidate for that hundredth birthday uh, <laughs> with all of the things that I've been through, including ruptured intestines and 40 years of asthma. Yeah. But I, I think one of my life goals that I set, um, this would have been early thirties. One of my life goals was to write 25 books. Now, oh, wow. When the day is actually book uh, 20. So I'm, I'm actually getting really, really close. Yes. And I'm, I'm upping the ante to 40 books. Oh, my um, gosh. <laughs> but, Bless your but, heart. <laughs> okay, but hold on, hold on. So let's turn that life goal into a daily habit. Here's how it happens. Um, well, Tim Ferriss would say write two crappy pages a day, yep. which I, I kind of love because it takes the pressure off. So you have to reverse engineer by making it measurable, meaningful, maintainable. Yep, okay. So I leverage my birthday, which happens to be November five and it begins a writing season. And then I write until Super Bowl Sunday for whatever reason. Yeah. And it gives me three months where I set my alarm clock earlier in the morning I don't take outside meetings. I only meet with our staff and I have our teaching team do more of the teaching. Now, I know all ah. of those might sound like luxury. So I, I want to back up here for a second. I, I wrote the first book by using my 35th birthday as a deadline. Okay. And, and I, I said, I'm not going to turn 35 without a book to show for it. Yeah. This is Parkinson's law. If you give yourself two days, it'll take two days. If you give yourself two weeks, it'll take two yes, weeks. Just like packing for a trip. You can do it in an hour or in a week. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so it's, it's about giving timelines, deadlines, and almost giving yourself a daily quota. Mm -hmm. and, and so if you write, let, let's just say if you could write, I'll, I'll pick a thousand words but let's do five days a week because you got to take, you know, a weekend. That's right. A thousand words, five days a week is about 5,000 words. You know, most nonfiction books, if you're in the 45, 50,000 range, some of mine yeah. are 65, 70,000, but let's just call it 50,000. Uh, if my math is right, that's about 10 weeks. Mm. Um, now, will it be good? No, no, it won't be good because good writing is bad writing well edited. That's right. So, if people could see so, the thing we turn in. <laughs> it's not pretty. It's, it's not, not as not good pretty. as the book they hold. I, In fact, fun fact, uh, In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day, my first book. And my favorite. Thank you. Because it it's what introduced me. So now Come they on. keep getting better, but that, that one was what won me over in the start. Come on. And you run to the roar. And I, I love, love Benaniah. I don't think that's how you say his name, <laughs> but I love that guy. He's like I my favorite. Too. 
I know. I, I kind of want to sit next to him at the uh, marriage supper of the Lamb. If I could, I mean, I, I think I told you up. he's the Bible character I have a crush on. But I'm like, this it. guy went uh-huh. into a pit with a lion on a snowy day. My man, let's go. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. So that's your first one. Yes, I love it. And uh, I the the publisher actually gave me a book deal. And uh, I won't tell you how small the advance was, but let's just say <laughs> it was it was pretty small. Sure. And uh, but I was thrilled. I was yeah. over the moon. And so they gave me the contract and said, "Now we want you to rewrite the book." Oh. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> but but I had the first version. Annie was reactive. If you're in a pit and a lion stumbles into that pit, what are you gonna do? But the, the Hebrew language seems to be more proactive and, and that he actually chased the lion into the pit on a snowy day. Annie, that's a whole different book. That's a, that's different a whole story. different that's a whole different mindset. And so um, all of that just to speak a word of encouragement. And you know, I, I read 3,000 books before I wrote one. So yeah. 13 years, a long journey. Yeah of getting ready to write that book. But if there is a book in you, the Holy Spirit is going to help pull it out of you. And so right now, I just pray a writing anointing on your right brain and your left brain. And I pray that you would have the discipline to set that alarm clock. I pray that you would have the ability to focus and let go of those barren fig trees Mm. and write the book that is within you. Man, there are some of our friends listening, men and women who are going to say in five years that that prayer started the book that you and I get to hold. And I am, and I want, when that happens, friends listening, you send one to Mark and you send one to me. You, you, you tell us that this is when you started that book and we want to hold it and tell the world about it. So and we'll even endorse it. I will. I absolutely will. I will do that. If they can tell us today, if they can make sure they told us it was today, (laughs) I will absolutely do it. And on the Bible, but yes. That's right. And I mean, even as you're talking, I'm thinking, okay, if I want to celebrate my 100th birthday, what do I need to do financially, physically, spiritually today? Like you're right. So if if we just take all these big life goals of who we want to be and chunk them down to daily, it's, I make decisions today about whether I want to see my hundredth birthday as much as I can control. Can I can I have a little bit of fun and and what I'm trying to do? I think these are simple things. It, yeah. Again, this is not as complicated as we make it out to be. Um, I, I had the joy of walking my daughter down the aisle. She's 23. Yeah. Um, a couple of uh, well, I guess a year ago now. And um, afterwards, you know, we were kind of working the dance floor. Yeah. And, you know, I, I work the dance floor. I believe this. <laughs> I, can, I can churn the butter. I can, I can running, man. Um, but you know who crushed it was my mom. Now, my mom is in her 70s. And I'm like, I'm like, mom, everybody was like exhausted, sweating, tired. My mom was still rocking it. And I said, mom. What, how are you doing this? And like, Annie, it was like the most nonplus kind of straight face, the obvious answer. She said, I stretch every day. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, huh. okay. Yeah. So it's that simple. Yeah. Um, it, it really little daily routines. You do a little stretching routine 
even 10 minutes, you do five minutes of meditation Mm -hmm. and your emotional health, these things add up over time. And I think they give us the kind of longevity that we want and need. Yeah, man, I can't wait for people to get win the day. That is, it's available. They can get it now. Hey, let's, for our last couple of minutes, tell me a little bit about how life is in DC during an insane uh, election cycle and series and all that. What what are you sensing from the Lord that we should join in and think about? Yeah, it, it has been a year. Yeah. So th- the first thing that I would say is, you know, I, I know the meme that's kind of circulated the 2020 dumpster fire and, yeah. and I, I find it funny. I yeah. mean, I laugh like everybody else. No, no, no. This is a refiner's fire. This is God doing a work uh, in his church, in his people that is preparing us, I believe, to see his kingdom come in a powerful way. And so I want to speak faith right here that even though in my lifetime, I've never experienced, I mean, none of us have ever ever experienced anything like the the COVID crisis Mm -hmm. and then throw in the racial tension and the political polarization. And and I feel that because we're just a few blocks from the Supreme Court and the Capitol. Um, it's it's intense. I, I can't even tell you how many buildings have been boarded up this year. I mean, it's just, it's like, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, what, what kind of reality am I living in right now? But I, I want to remind us of who we are. Well, let me first of all say, we're here for such a time as this, for such a place as this. Mm-hmm. Administrations come and go. This kingdom is forever. Yes. And so who are we? We are the peacemakers. We are the grace givers. We are the tone setters. We don't take our cues from culture. Um, more and more, Annie, I think God's calling us to live counterculture. Yes. And, and that's not comfortable, yeah. but I do see um, this undercurrent of God doing some amazing things. Like our DC Dream Center, we served 55,000 meals during the COVID crisis. Oh, my gracious. That's amazing. We, our church gave 600000 to a COVID relief fund that has helped thousands of people who are in a tough spot. And our church wow. has given above and beyond. So while, while it has been a challenging year, I think these are the moments when the grace of God, the goodness of God, the power. I mean, his power is made perfect in weakness. So it's in these kind of places that I think we've got to step in and, and uh, it's been hard. I'm deeply concerned about the polarization. I'm deeply concerned that we're more motivated by who we're against Mm. than what we're for. Yes. And that's, that's a, that's where polarization comes from. And so We've got to be really, really careful that, uh, you know, we we have a very, uh, shall we say, bipartisan congregation. <laughs> Do you? Uh, and and it's because we don't affiliate with party or candidate, which is really, really hard. Yeah. But when it comes to issues, I, I'd rather be biblically correct than politically correct. Yes. And we need the moral courage to speak the truth in love. Mm-hmm. And then really be more known for what we're for than what we're against. Yeah. And and I'm not talking in platitudes. Um, you know, when when uh, a couple of years ago, you know, immigration was sort of the, the hot button issue. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we're not going to take like a, an official stance on a piece of policy, for example. 
but we re- we will resettle 65% of the refugees in the DC area. Wow. Why don't we do that? Why don't we why don't we say what we're for by actually exercising faith, hope and love mm-hmm. and then let that be our testimony to the world. Yeah. And so um but we continue to circle the Capitol, the Supreme Court and the White House in prayer and uh we're just uh, trusting the Lord like never, never before. That's right. That's beautiful. Hey, is there anything we didn't get to talk about today that you want to make sure we cover? I mean, we did it. This this was just way too fun. This is so fun. You are such a gift. It is so fun. Speaking of fun, the last question we always ask, you know this, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what you're doing for fun right now. Oh, man, it's not going to sound like fun but I'm going to bike a century this year. Okay. And so um, I'm biking a lot of miles. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't sound like fun, but I'm feeling so good with those daily rides. And it's yeah. not like I'm, I'm not leading the pack. I'm not setting any records. And does bike a century mean bike 100 miles? Yes, bike okay. 100 miles. And I'll, I'll do that. Part, part of it, I mean, it's the way I'm wired. I, I like an annual adventure and an annual challenge. It kind of okay. pushes my limits a little bit. And so for whatever reason, I find it really fun to be thoroughly exhausted having done something that's the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> so, well done. That hey. does sound fun. There are people who love biking that are listening. That sounds so fun to them. Yes. Anything that gets me outside, I am for. So yes. I'm with yep. you. Thank you again for being here. I can't wait for people to get win the day. Let's start stacking those habits and becoming who we want to be in 50 years. Starting today. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Guys, don't you love him? Oh my gosh. I, I wish this had been a TV show so you could see how excited he is about everything he says. I mean, When someone is passionate and believes what they're telling us, I believe them too. And I am excited about this book, Win the Day, Seven Daily Habits to Help You Stress Less and Accomplish More. I'm so grateful for Pastor Mark, aren't you guys? Let's get some habit stacking going. Hey, if you don't follow him yet on social media, go follow him. Tell him thanks so much for being on the show. It always means the world when you guys do that. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs, TSF, like that sounds fun, on YouTube. Okay, I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same. Have a great weekend, friends. Get some rest. Put away your phone. And we will see you back here Monday on Martin Luther King Jr. Day with one of my favorite pastors, Dr. Tony Evans. We are set up, my friends, for some good conversations on a very important week. We'll see you on Monday. Monday.